0: lord jesus we come to you this morning and i know i'm personally thinking of uh, the words you said to the religious leaders of your day that they search the scriptures because in them they think they have eternal life but they fail to come to you to whom all those scriptures point forbid it lord for any of us this morning to do that to be so enamored with the word and getting information that we don't come to you uh, the one who gives life through his word. So, Lord, help us to pay close attention. And, Lord, I, I use your words a lot in prayer, but uh, I, you know I truly mean them. Uh, may we have eyes to see and ears to hear uh, wonderful things from your lips, Jesus. We might know you better. We might uh, adore you more, worship you more. And, Lord, that we might uh, put into practice all the beautiful wonderful words of life that you bestow upon us when we have deep fellowship with you and sit at your feet. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Just give me a second to get back to it. Bottle mysteriously closed on me. All right, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. Hear God's Word to you this morning. the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Thus ends the reading of God's holy and air word. May he bless it to our hearts and lives this morning. You may be seated. A lot of times we take surveys, find out what people are thinking. We quiz folks, but I have a a good idea. If I were to ask you to guess what your greatest, what the one need that you have for this coming year would be. I know some of the things folks would say. Well, some of us would say better health, right? We've been praying about that. So that would be one thing that people would be asking for. Or maybe, and we hear it a lot here, and obviously for good reason, A better job or a job. That's the one thing I really need this coming year. Or a healthier marriage. We just ask for prayer for that. We see marriages in disarray. Or maybe better living circumstances. Are you with, I could go on. You get the list. But what if I were to tell you as important as all these things are, and again, I'm not minimizing them for sure, none of them come close, even in the same universe, as the answer that the Lord Jesus would give you this morning. That's a pretty bold claim, isn't it? So then you say, okay, well, all right, I'm going to be spiritual. The answer has to be then that the thing we need most this coming year is to be more busy in the service of the Lord. We got to serve the Lord more. What were we thinking? That's spiritual. After all, after all, we know what the Bible emphasizes. It says what? That we've been in Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. We've been created in Christ Jesus for the very purpose of what? To do good works. Duh, what was I thinking? Another way of saying that is we've been saved to serve. We've heard that cliche before. So some of us would say, let's get to it. What are we waiting for? And yet in our text this morning, Jesus rebukes the sister who's busy about serving him. And she commends the other sister who doesn't seem to be lifting even a stinking finger to help that's kind of interesting a little shocking uh, Jesus has a way of surprising us doesn't he but some of us think to ourselves and I'm not gonna pick on anybody here in this room or anything but some of us would be thinking ourselves wait a minute that can't be right something's not right with this picture what in the world's going on in this text and how could Jesus really stick up for the sister who isn't helping and yet, she com- he commends the other sister, who she's not even lifting a finger, but instead she's just sitting at Jesus' feet, stargazing, listening to every word that comes out of his mouth. That's what we're going to look at this morning, because once we get the text's answer to these questions, we're going dis- to we're going to discover not just the one thing needful for the year 2022 but the one thing needful for the rest of your, our lives until we see Jesus face-to-face in glory. I would say, uh, without overstating the case, this is a very important text. And Luke's the only one who records it. Just a little interesting tidbit, in case you're playing Bible trivia. Um, so this is what we're going to see this morning. I only have two points for you, so you could focus very good here. As important and as needful as serving Jesus and others is, right? The Bible says it is important. Good Samaritan. The thing we need most is to take time to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to his word. I don't think any of us, if I wouldn't have read this text first, would have put that as number one for 2022. And if so, if you would have put in it, great. Praise the Lord for that. We're going to take a look at two things. First of all, we're going to see right from this text, let it speak to us. Number one, the Lord's warning of making the good the enemy of the best. That's a problem. When we take good things and we let it eclipse the best thing that God has for us. And then secondly, we're going to see the Lord's commending of prioritizing the best over the good. Where Jesus says, wait, I don't know about you, but isn't that like the best thing in the universe when God says, way to go. You know, it's like a lot of times you get wrong. Guess again. Oh, no, that was a bless your heart. Try again. You know, I don't want to hear. I want to hear you hit the nail on the head. So from Jesus. Anyway. All right. So let's take a look at the first one. The Lord's warning of making the good the enemy of the best. So before we take Martha to the cleaners, which some of us happen to be a little more contemplative than action oriented, we jump on this text and we say, yeah, boy. Well, before we really rip on her too much, Let's note what she does right in the passage. Let's be careful. First of all, she opens her home to Jesus. If you notice that in the text. She hosted the Lord Jesus Christ. Hospitality! And in case you didn't know this, one of the top virtues that are listed in God's Word all over the Bible is hospitality. And I'll just give you one example because I ain't going to run through them all. We will be here a very long time if I did that. Um, As that one movie, Sinbad says, you will not list them all. I will smack you. Because in other words, we'll be here all day. First Peter chapter four, verse nine, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's a command. So she checks that box. Good job. Secondly, she gets right to work in preparing a meal to serve the Lord and others. Love God first, and then neighbors. Again, 1 Peter 4.10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Again, kudos to Martha for being a servant. Just as Jesus himself modeled for us uh, servanthood and calls us to what? Follow his example of being servants. So again, so far, so good. We're talking about a dear Christian woman here, not an enemy, but a friend in the church who loved the Lord and wanted to be a good, hospitable host to the Lord, so she's checking all the boxes. So far, so good. Now, in contrast, her sister, on the other hand, isn't even lifting a finger to help her. And when she cries out in exasperation, look at the text, Lord! Right? Right? And notice she addresses Jesus. Tell her to help me. In one sense, can you blame her? Can't you kind of get in Martha's skin for a minute there and go, mm-hmm? I mean, there has to be at least a little bit of indignation uh, in you when you see this. You know, come on, sis, a little help would be nice, right? How come I'm doing all the work? And actually, what's interesting here is, is that she doesn't necessarily lose patience with her sister so much as she loses patience with who? With her Lord. With Jesus. Look what she says. I'm not just saying that. Look what the text says. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? But then she goes further. Now she's going to instruct Jesus at what he's got to (laughs) do. Because now she's saying Jesus ain't doing it right think about that. Tell her to help me. Now, first thing that really jumps out about me about Martha as a person, man, she's got some spunk to talk to the Lord Jesus like that. And it also shows, by the way, their intimate relationship. She felt safe enough that she could talk like that. But I mean, she definitely had some chutzpah because she was Jewish, so I could use Jewish word or Yiddish to tell the Lord what, he should be doing. So and this is what she's saying in effect. And Lord, you're encouraging her. You know, not only is she not doing anything, but you're sitting there, you're, you're like helping her along with that. She had no problem telling it like she saw it. So outwardly, she was looking pretty good up to that point, wasn't she? She was almost like a model servant. So far it was almost like a sermon on, you know, do, go and do likewise up until this point. But now, here's the issue. This is where it starts getting holy for us. The cracks begin to show in Martha's service. She just starts opening up and falling apart in many words. And here's the thing that really hit me right away. You know something is wrong when you're in the midst of your busy service for the Lord when you begin to judge Him. Something ain't right when your service to the Lord begins to make your heart judge God himself. That is to say, when your Christian service begins to make you cranky, hello, am I hitting any, you know, am I convicting anybody here? When it makes you critical and bitter toward others, when it begins to spill out negatively and affect your relationship, first of all, with God and then with others, You got to take a step back from your service and say, there's something wrong. Something's not right. And notice the editorial uh, remark that Luke makes in verse 40. It says, uh, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. In other words, an otherwise good thing under other circumstances became a distraction. For the thing that she really needed most right at that time that's what was going on here and what did she need she needed to be doing what mark what mary was doing she needed to take this rare opportunity which didn't come often where jesus physically is in your home to become a disciple because what is a disciple you know what the word disciple means one uh, one word definition learner she needed to be a learner So notice here, it isn't the loving service itself that provokes our Lord's gentle and loving rebuke from her, nor is it her forthright, spunky manner. He's not offended by her. No, verse 41, Jesus tells us what the problem is. Listen, and you have to hear the love and the compassion and the care for Martha in the way that Jesus addresses her. Listen, Martha, Martha. (laughs) He uses her name twice. Martha, Martha. You're worried and upset about many things. You're all balled up inside. That's mine. The new Santo Living Translation. (laughs) You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing. One thing. Don't you love it when it gets simple? I like that myself. I'm kind of a simple person. Can we boil this thing down? Well, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better. And then Jesus adds this, and it will not be taken away from her. I will not be regrant, uh, granting your request. To your prayer, this one is a, a, a emphatic, no. No, Santa, no. That's the poor Martha got. Why? Because Martha allowed her desire to serve to eclipse her need to take advantage of this visit from the Lord of all himself by sitting at his feet and drinking in every and absorbing every word that comes out of his mouth. So in other words, listen, this is this is really the heart of what's going on here. As good and as right and and even as commanded as serving God and others is, it can be become a bad thing when it's used to keep us from what matters most. And what what matters most? Here's the heart of it. Here's no more mystery. Here's the answer sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his word. That's what we need most, even above the great thing of serving God and others. W.L. Leefield puts it this way, the preceding narrative and parable, that's the parable of the Good Samaritan, established the importance of priorities in the Christian life. Heeding the commands to love God and neighbor. Martha must now learn to give the Lord and his word priority even over loving service. Isn't that powerful? I think it is. And, and if it's not powerful to us, that's we that's because we're so immersed in the Martha syndrome here. That sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his words intently proceeds even. The incredible call to love God and neighbor. Now Jesus gently and firmly addresses this failure to prioritize and not only declines to correct Mary's behavior, but instead upholds Mary's behavior as an example for Martha to follow. Hey, I'm not even not, not only am I not going to rebuke your sister, I'm going to tell you you should be doing what she's doing. How's that? And that's the second and last thing I want to point out from this text. Can someone grab me a tissue or a napkin? You have one, huh? As we're getting ready for this next point and the last point, which is this. The Lord now commends Mary for prioritizing the best over the good. And that's important for us to see. Um, it's not something to gloss over. So let's, uh, I'm going to read the verse 41 again and then just make a few comments on it. That are very important. So, verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, Jesus says clearly, Mary, Mary has chosen better. In other words, Mary's priorities were in order. And isn't that what we all want to get in order in 2022? Is our priorities. We want to prioritize. There's so much to do, right? There's so many things, so many even good things that we could be busy about. And what we're learning in this text is what we need to prioritize. And I can't think of anything more important than that as we go about our lives in 2022 and following Mary chose to walk in accordance with the Lord's priorities. Listen, here's this important. Even though it got her in trouble with the church, in this sense, her sister. She, she got the ire of her sister because she did what Jesus said, which is be a disciple. Sit at his feet. Make him a priority. And there'll be times when you make this a priority that especially those who really emphasize doing, 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 they're going to call you a slacker. But according to Jesus, she had it right, Mary. And, and then he says, and it won't be taken from her. David Gooding puts it this way. Now listen, this is this is powerful. I read a lot of commentaries. I read a lot of different things. So when I, when I have a little quote, I feel that it's really important and really good. So this is what David Gooding says. If we do not consciously insist on making sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to his word our number one necessity. Listen. A thousand and one other things and duties, all claiming to be necessities, will tyrannize our time and energies and rob us of the good part in life. Isn't that true? There's always something, even good thing, that's gonna claim that will take that time up. And I like the way he puts it, tyrannize our time. And then we find our souls shriveling up. We find that we have we're so impatient with our brothers and sisters that we don't have the time to evangelize because inside we're not right, even though we're frantic about doing stuff. Now, as a pastor of a local church who shepherds and preaches to the same congregation, all three calls I've had in my life, it's been over a decade or more, but uh, with with my calls, most of them, except for my very first one. But what I do is I try to preach, and Pete tries to preach. The whole council of God. We try th- to make sure we don't take our pet hobbies, horses, or our favorite things to preach. Even wh- where what we how how what our um, core values are at New City. We don't just preach them. 24 7 for the whole year. We want to make sure we're giving God's people the whole counsel of God. And one way we do that is we go through books of the Bible so that whatever comes up next in the text is what we got to preach on, whether we like it or not, personally. But we've done that. We've preached book after book, all the New Testaments. And if you've noticed, for any, uh, hopefully you've noticed this, there are some themes and some truths that seem to continue to come up. No matter what book we're preaching on, these certain themes will pop up again and again. You with me? Well, this one, it shouldn't be surprising to us, is one of them. The fact that our number one priority should be sitting at Jesus' feet and taking heed and listening to his holy word. His words of life. His words of truth. Listen, I'm going to go from the law, the prophets, the prophets, the gospels, and the epistles. One of each. The law, Deuteronomy 8.3. Man does not live on bread alone, what? But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the law. The writings, Job 23.12. And this one has always been deeply convicting to me, and I'm sure it's going to be to you. But hopefully it will also be inspiring. This is what Job said. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Isaiah the prophet. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But notice what's eternal here in this text. But the word of our God stands forever. The Gospels, well, we'll pick the text we're preaching on, so we'll go to the next one. The Epistles, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, it's the first time in my life I've ever preached on this text in Luke in my 25 years of formal ministry. Now, and I, I might have done some Bible studies and I might have spoke about it a lot, but I've never preached on it. But I've lost count on how many times I've preached on the truth of the need to sit at Jesus' feet and take heed to his word. So if there's one thing you need this coming year, the one thing I need more than anything else this coming year is to take time to sit at his feet and to listen to his words. Now here's the thing, Mary was given the spiritual eyes to see this truth and its crucial importance clearly. And then folks will say, yeah, but remember what James says. Don't just hear the word, but you got to do what it says. And hopefully we all, as God's people say, amen. But here's the thing, you can't obey a word that you don't know. If you don't listen, and I don't mean just hear it, I mean listen. You know, when we say to our kids, you're not listening. Most of the time, we don't mean they didn't hear. Right? We mean they're not listening. Like when our kids, oh, I get it. No, I don't think you do. You ever have to say that as a parent? No, I don't actually think you do. No. What? What? This passage is talking about is really coming to Jesus, not just filling our heads with knowledge, but coming to Jesus and letting him and his words wash over us. You know, that's why I particularly I picked that passage to meditate on. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? Rest. Well, then why is it when we're crazy, busy serving like like chickens without our heads cut off going, why do we have no rest? Because we're really not sitting at his feet, taking that, making that a priority so that we give out of the overflow of what the work that God is doing in our hearts, in our lives through his word. So here's the thing. When we slow down, we take the time, we sit in the presence of Jesus, and we let his words wash over us, we don't just receive bare commands to do stuff. That's the thing. Sometimes people look at the Bible and the word of God as just commands to do stuff. But no, it's not just commands. We receive what? His words of refreshment. We just had one. Come to me, all you have related, and I'll give you rest. That's refreshment. As peace, as grace, right? We get his words of empowerment, as dearly loved children live a life of love. Get words of inspiration, of motivation restorative grace. Listen, another thing we get is the right perspective, the godly perspective, the kingdom perspective on life. We get the bigger picture. We realize it's not just about us and our little desires and our little world. We belong to something much bigger. Because as the word speaks, what happens? God becomes bigger in our eyes and our circumstances and people become smaller. We get the right, oh, that's right. They're little, they're grasshoppers. Like King David when he saw Goliath. Everybody else was cringing. Why? Because they had the wrong perspective. David said, you come against me, sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God. you going down. No, when we take this time in the Lord's presence to hear and heed his word, what happens? Our faith, our hope, our love is stoked the fire start burning again. Our imaginations get enlarged. You know, let me bring it down a little bit just for the last few minutes here. And I was talking to a sister in the Lord this past week and she leads worship in her church, the music. And she mentioned how during the sermon, sometimes, her mind will all of a sudden go away from the preached word and she'll start thinking about, oh, well, maybe I need to change the the last closing hymn to make it fit the sermon better. And then she thinks, oh, I wonder if that stand's going to work. And before you know it, she's worried and concerned about all other things, but she ain't sitting at the feet of Jesus. And here's the thing. Once in a while, that happens to all of us. Can I get an amen? But if this becomes a pattern, what happens? Our soul becomes lean. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? That's an example of being distracted by good but not necessary things. Do you think God cares if it's a general gospel song or if it perfectly fits the theme of the sermon? Or do you think he cares that you're actually listening? You're taking them to heart. How many times have I been so busy about the work of the Lord, that I've neglected the word of the Lord, and I've been poor for it in my life. And others, too, who I am supposed to be helping and serving. St. Augustine, if you don't remember any of the other quotes besides the Bible quotes, remember this one. Because this one, I'm like, of course, I had to go back to 400 AD to get this great quote. Augustine said this, No man has a right, or woman, of course, to lead such a life of contemplation as to forget in his own ease, the service due to his neighbor. Right? But then he says, nor has any man a right to be so immersed in active life as to neglect the contemplation of God. Isn't that a great? I hate to use that word, but balance. Because the parable of uh, the Good Samaritan says, you know, it rebukes those who just want to contemplate all day and not help anybody. That's wrong. But what Augustine is pointing out, it's also wrong to be so busy that you lose track of the right priority, which is being with Jesus and listening to his word. When we're so focused on serving that we begin to judge others and we begin to boss Jesus around, right? Now, we might not be as blatant about that, but kind of we are, right? Then we know it's time to apply this text, and it's time to let these words wash over us in closing. Martha, Martha, and what I want you to do is put your name in there. Peter, Peter. Santo, Santo. Whoever else you are listening to this. You're worried and upset, and the word there in the Greek could also be distracted, about many things. But only one thing is needed. Hear this, saint Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her. Isn't that wonderful? When we choose what is better, Jesus says, I won't take it from her. You can have that. We could take his word to the bank. He died to secure it for us. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, when you uttered these words to these dear sisters who are with you now in glory, You are on your way to the cross to give your life as a ransom for them, for us. Lord Jesus, we pray that we would take this to heart, that we would be among those who uh, put first things first, today, tomorrow, this coming year, and Lord, may it be a lifelong lesson that we uh, continue to apply that came right from you here this morning, or at least It was reiterated this morning for some of us. Jesus, do this for us, not for our own sake only, or just for our own personal sanctification, but rather that we might be a useful vessel to you in your kingdom and that others would see in us uh, not crankiness, not complaining, but the joy of spending time in your presence and listening to you, Jesus, speak your words of life. We pray in your name, Jesus, and for your glory. Amen.